and welcome to Dunking Biscuits Podcast, providing etiquette for modern times. My name is Grace and with me is Emma. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I just told you I'm not doing great, so yeah. keep, we got a theme. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Honesty! <laughs> we got this. All right, well, let's get some good news going. What's our story this week? Please. Um, so this is from the Happy um, Broadcast, which is from weirdly instagram and um (laughs) they did a post today actually and it made me smile instantly which a lot of stories do make me smile but i feel like this one a bit hits close to home so that's why i have chosen it so um on november 23rd in a single explosion of color and a show-stopping sign of life billions of coral babies were born on the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Cairns, Australia, making another milestone for the ongoing story of life on the reef. The Great Barrier Reef has suffered three mass bleaching events during heat waves in 2016, 17 and 20, leaving many affected corals struggling to survive. So coral spawning occurs once a year when coral releases tiny balls containing sperm and egg into the water. These float to the surface where they um, break over releasing sperm uh, both sperm and eggs to bump into each other and cross fertilize. A marine biologist with more than 20 years' experience, Mr. Phillips, has monitored the coral sport, spawning sorry, on the Great Barrier Reef for more than a decade. Nothing makes people happier than new life, and coral, spawn, coral spawning is the world's biggest pr- proof of that. It's a st- strong demonstration that the ecological functions are intact and working after being in the recovery phase for more than 18 months. The reef has gone through its own troubles like we all have, but it can still respond and that gives us hope. The ecosystem supports um, 65,000 jobs in the reef tourism globally. Hundreds of millions of people depend on the survival of coral reefs in the livelihoods and food security. So massive. Um, yeah, huge. Have you been to Great Barrier Reef? No, I haven't. I really would like to. But I haven't been there yet. would recommend it. And it's one of those weird things because obviously the more people that travel there, the more likely it is to be damaged, which is like a weird I don't know if it's like oxymoron is the right word, but like it's kind yeah. of it's like it's so amazing and there's so much life there and it's so beautiful, even though it's not as beautiful as it was as many years ago and hopefully it will return to its um peak um beautiful and as hopefully for all of us we all reach our peak (laughs) um (laughs) and yeah i could not recommend it more i actually would like to go back and um maybe see a different part of the reef um i saw it off um port douglas um, oh yeah company and we went to three different parts um, throughout the full a full day tour and it was amazing it was so so cool and you yeah, literally it's definitely on the list yeah it's, you're literally in the middle of nowhere and they just they just like pull up and they're like all right off you go and you're just like i'm just gonna jump in this ocean and um within meters of you jumping in it's a, like a reef full of life it's just a, it's just wild it's so weird but so so beautiful so that made me smile so i thought i would like to share it yeah, nice. I like that. Good job. So, Grace, what is your good news personally this week? So, my same as last week. I feel like mine happened on the day that we recorded last week and mine happened again today. So, over the past maybe month or so, I've become a Facebook Marketplace fiend. Ooh, I yeah. spend all of my time on it, just scrolling, 
saving things and then like purchasing it's not good for the bank account but makes me happy mm-hmm. um and i've started buying a certain brand on facebook marketplace but i'll only buy them if they're still got the tags attached like once i've been worn i'm like no 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 not for me um mm-hmm. with the tag attached please um and i found this dress probably a couple of weeks ago and i really liked it and i'll always offer less than what they're advertising just because what? when i <laughs> I put things on Marketplace. I obviously go for like more than I would want for it. So that way people can be like, oh, I'm going to offer $20 less. Or I'm like, haha, I would have taken it for free. Um, <laughs> and so I messaged this lady and I was like, oh, I'm really interested in this dress. It was $100. I was like, would you accept 80 mm. And she's like, oh, I've had a fair bit of interest in it. So I think I'm going to keep it at 100 I'm like, okay, that's fine. No dramas. I'll never like, if they say no, I'm always like, okay, well, I sh- shooted yeah. my shot, shot yeah. my shot, whatever. Um and then I got a notification the other day saying that that dress had dropped. And I was like, well, clearly she didn't have that much interest. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been so- Lies. Such a lie. And so then I messaged her. I was like, oh, hey, just seeing that the price has been dropped. Want to sell it to me now? And she's like, yep. And I was like, sweet. So that was my win. I got the dress for the price um, I asked for. <laughs> amazing winning story. Yes. And Incredible. And it fits. It looks cool. It's just like a nice, like, flowy one, like, perfect for brunches or- Frollies in the park or whatever. Just life. Yeah, just a Good nice life dress. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So that was my win. How about um, you? What's that's yours? A, that's a great win. Mine is uh, slightly different in the fact that it's a win by association, I guess. Um, <laughs> la- I think it was last week. Yeah, last week I was telling you that I met um, Dylan Alcott. Yeah. And um, so the reason why I couldn't talk about last week is because they hadn't um, advertised or shown any of the the outcomes of what I'm about to tell you. So I did, I felt rude that we would say something and I just – it was their, their story to tell. Anyway, yeah. so um, there's a boy at my school whose name's Cooper and he has a type of cerebral palsy where he has um, restricted movement and his um, speech is impaired and um, he wants to be a world-class DJ. That's his dream and yep. um, great dream. I mean, it's hard to get to, the, you know, what you want to do and he is, what is he now, uh, 16. Anyway, um, the Dylan Alcott Foundation actually um, came to our school and he was the first recipient of um, a grant, um, the Dylan Alcott grant where he got over $5,000 worth of product for um, his dream. And I don't know nothing about DJing, but the people at my school who do know weirdly a lot about it were like the, the gear that he got was top tier. Like I was going to say like number one. Like yeah, gold it level. was the, the – um, and also because he can't um, – because of his disability, he can't hold on to um, like knobs and stuff so it's touchscreen. Um, so it would work really well for him. And anyway, the story continues. So he actually got um, tickets to Ability Fest, which was held in Melbourne over the weekend. And it is a music festival where it allows all ability people to have access to all stages. Yeah. Um, and also there's a few, um, not bands, but like musicians who perform who have disabilities. Anyway... Uh, Cooper went with two teachers and his dad to this festival over the weekend and not only did he have an amazing time but he actually went on stage with Peking Duck. Oh my god, huge. 
Yeah, so you can actually see him on a picture on Picking Ducks Instagram. I'm about to go on there Instagram <laughs> right now while you tell the story. Um, and I watched a video, and so Cooper uses a, a uh, rem- like a um, electronic wheelchair, so which he uses um, with his hand that he controls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he can still walk, but it's a lot significantly faster for him to be in a chair. So um, anyway, so he actually stood up and walked across the stage and did the double pumping of his arms to get the crowd going, and they were chanting his name. And Dylan um, and Picking Duck awarded him a um, a one times um, set for twenty twenty two. So he'll be playing at Ability Fest next year as That's a DJ. That's so cool. And. He could not wipe the smile off his face. He came to school on Monday and he's talking about how he had to turn down some girls at the at the um, festival <laughs> and how he like he's super excited to get really good and he's already he's already practicing and yeah, so dreams can come true for any ability. Um, and just to put forward that um, the teacher at my school, Aaron Jack, actually wrote a letter to um, Dylan asking if there's something that um, they're able to do and they went above and beyond and I could not be more proud of Cooper and of Aaron but also of um, the generosity of Dylan Alcott and the, his foundation because it's honestly so heartwarming to see Cooper so happy and like loving life, so yeah, it was amazing. So I'll I'll will share some things in our stories um, because you have to see this kid's face. Like it's next level. Yeah, I just amazing. saw the photo, and I don't think there is a photo of a happier kid anywhere. No. Like he just looks like an absolute eleven out of ten stoked. And yeah, that's so. I feel like it's just so cool that he has a spot to play at next year's festival. Yeah. So like, and what he'll seventeen get, year old can say that. No, and he'll have like VIP passes, so we're like, hey, uh Coop. Hey goodbye. So we need uh we need me to come support you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really um really really happy for him, really proud of him and um really just it was just it just feels good to be a part of that story. And yeah, to be to part know of something that, so good. And to and it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Do you know? Like mm. they just thought they'd give some gear, then they went to the festival, and then they're like, "No, actually, you're going to play this festival next year." And he was just it just kept going. So unbelievable, huge, love this. Oh, that's such a nice story. So Grace, this week we're talking about people and pets. So basically, um having people over or being around people and you and your pet and the interactions of these two things. Yes. And my question to you is, can you think of a time or explain a time that you may have felt um, either scared or um, uncomfortable with someone else's pet? Um, not my own pet personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, sorry, not someone else's pet, but one of mine. So my... Oh, okay. <laughs> My dad and my stepmom have a border collie and she's so old now. Like she's lost her bark. Like she's definitely just a couch dog now, but she Mm -hmm. used to be like, obviously she's a border collie. Used to be very lively and up and about. And they used to insist on taking her to my stepmom's parents' house for like family lunches and Christmases and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, my stepmom's brother also had a dog. I think he's like 
a Kelpie cross or something. So also like very energetic mm-hmm. and they would just like run around the house mad. And like my stepmom would like always be like chasing after it. And like my stepmom's mom would be like, why do you keep bringing the dog here? <laughs> so I just think like my stepmom just couldn't read the room and just realize that we don't have to take the dog everywhere yeah. and take it to like other people's houses. So I think I just got like secondhand embarrassed or not like embarrassment, but just like knowing that that dog was causing such a guilt? hassle. Secondhand yeah, guilt? Yeah, maybe guilty, yeah. So yeah. kind of like not like I've never been scared of other people's dogs or anything like that or any animals, mm-hmm. but just like knowing that there's a time and a place where you can take your animal to someone's house or yep. to an event and then there's times where you cannot. Yes. But yeah, how I think you? I think you worded it very well. Um, I, I can't think of a specific time. But I also have a, an analogy to cats. So I don't know if it's a fear, but more of like, you know, I just don't like being unwell or can't breathe. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> so um, we have some good friends. And it's, weirdly enough, Jeff is also highly allergic to cats. So it's a really good combo. Um, yeah. So we, we have some friends that we tend to, if they come to our house, we go to their house for dinner and, or lunch or whatever. And they actually have to put their cat either like in the laundry or elsewhere and they have to do a f- proper vacuum because otherwise Jeff and I can only stay like 10, 15 minutes, even with an antihistamine because obviously the cat lives there, the cat's everywhere, the hair's everywhere. Yeah. And so I think mine's not so much a scared situation. It's more of like being comfortable because yeah, um, my, my allergy is that I get itchy eyes and my eyes will weep and my throat will feel like it's closing like it's not going to close yeah. but it just feels tight and I can't sit there and be enjoying a meal when I'm like suffering yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so I think in that case I it's not so much like they're being like they're a nuisance it's more that I'm the nuisance because it's my reaction to the pet and the pet could be like just literally sitting there like they're not yeah. doing anything invasive or anything like that and yeah so I think I'm sort of like the reverse I'm not I'm more the person that's the issue than the actual animal <laughs> itself you're the problem yeah and it's and it's really like animal hair so if you have an animal that loses its hair I will have some sort of reaction to it it might not be as severe as cats but some dogs like I'll just sneeze and just cough and whatnot, and just my body being like, I'm not sure we're good in this environment. Just yeah, this you isn't know. the best for us. Um, so yeah, so I'm the problem <laughs> in that situation, which is annoying, but also um, it's hard because you have to explain that to people because when you say you have an allergy, people are like, oh yeah, so you like you'll like get a bit sniffly, a bit sniffly, and I'm like. Yeah, but it's, it's more about the severity that it could get to. So, yeah. Um, and that, and if I know that they have certain animals, um, I can prepare with the antihistamine before I get there and be, uh, how I put it before, functional. But I can't. we can't <laughs> stay for an extended period of time. Like we can't sit there and watch a football game. We can't sit there and watch yeah. a movie. It's literally we have a meal, um, we get going kind of thing. So it's a bit more... Um, annoying <laughs> yeah but also way. like it's not your fault no it's like, and i and i yeah. know this but it's, it is it's it does put a little like um 
cloud over the visiting the of plans friends. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I totally get that. <laughs> so I actually want to start off with people with pets and yeah. um, go from there. So um, a few things that I love hear people hearing um, hearing from people sorry <laughs> people hearing is that <laughs> when they're they like oh my pets like such and such so friendly it's so nice like it would never hurt you and you're like yeah um yeah it's all well and good but it's, it's also two two-way street just because your pet is friendly and nice and whatever doesn't yeah. mean that i want to pat them or i want to go close to them or i feel like i have to make a, a contact with them and yeah. depending on the animal that for me is a very firm line like I cannot remember touching a cat in my adult life oh wow I mean like considering I, the allergy yeah like I I remember when I was but... little like I remember going to someone's house and they had like a kitten I was like oh my god it's so cute and I was like I gotta touch it so I was like playing with it and then I literally like my my eyes were swelling like like I yeah. couldn't because I was like closing up so I was like maybe yeah. I shouldn't touch oh, cats geez. so um <laughs> yeah so I think there's two-way street when you have um a pet or if you're a pet owner and there's someone who is approaching you or coming close to you etc depending on the of the animal um you can tell people how nice and friendly and cute or whatever your um yeah. animal is or your pet is but it's still up to the person to decide whether they want to go near it and you yeah. should still give them an option so my first point is i mean obviously this is a bit more suited towards animals that leave the house on leads which tend to be dogs um lead versus off lead so we have a a dog beach um near us and um from certain times dogs can be off leads yeah. love that love that dogs can be free run around they need some energy burning get out there good times all around yeah the issue i have is when it's not that time and um pet like their owners are just like letting them roam and there's either kids around or families around or people just sort of having their own time and the dogs sort of come sniffing around them or like going towards the kids or yeah. like just sort of being in amongst the action, which I'm yeah. sure for the animal tend to be it's dog, great. Yeah. is having the time of their lives. Like there's so many smells, so many things to look at. Yeah. But I just don't think – people realize that it's not comfortable for the ma the majority of the population that is in that space. Um, and it's very hard to explain to a young person, I'm talking like a child, that that dog's safe because what they learn is if a dog's on a lead, they can be controlled. And if a dog's yeah. not on a lead, they, it's they, an unknown variable. it's an unknown what's going to happen. So, I think as much as – and I know that we did this with our dog. Um, we let her roam. Um, but if we got near people, we always put her in the lead because yeah, um, she was just a wild – like she just loved to get amongst it. So yeah. um, it was more about we knew that she was not going to be something that some people enjoyed greeting. <laughs> um, so we put her on the lead. So I just think – there's a time and a place to be on and off leads, and if you're going to be in the in the public and around people that you do not know um, how they react to animals, it should be on the lead. Yeah, 
that's my strong opinion on that. Um, I have a couple of things yeah. as well with people and their pets. Mm-hmm. So mine's kind of similar to like, you know how you're saying like when you go to someone's house and they have a pet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing something and like, say they've got a cat and the cat mm-hmm. is just coming and like sitting on your knee or... I, I don't relate, but sure, go on. <laughs> well, or like jumping on, like you're sitting around doing something and it's like jumping on the table and like you're getting annoyed and you're like, you don't want to be near the cat. Mm. Do you think you can say something to the pet owner? Um, I actually wrote something about this, which is so funny. Um, I think yes, because it has to be done in a nice way. You can't be like, get yeah. this cat off me or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It needs to be like, I don't feel comfortable. I think the words, if you say you don't feel comfortable, a lot of people respect that because it's not a brave thing to say it's kind of a a cowardly thing to say which is a weird weird statement but I just feel like if you're saying that you're uncomfortable people read that like not that you're weak but you actually you're not you don't like you don't know how to act yeah and so I feel like people are going to be more responsive to that than saying like can you get the cat off me like if you say that I think people will be like a bit oh they don't like my cat or they don't like my animal or they're not they don't don't appreciate how beautiful my pet is which is not what they're saying they're saying they're not comfortable in the situation they're they want to spend more time with you maybe not so much with the pet pet. and um yeah so i actually wrote um pet at home versus visitors um if you're inviting someone to your house you should inform them of the pets you have um size type and any issues they may have so um if you have a particular pet that's super cuddly you should let people know so they if they know that pets coming over them is going to expect some sort of contact yeah. <laughs> um and the size like if you have a big dog or a small dog or um etc and the type so people can have an understanding of what they're going to be experiencing rather than just getting there being like whoa you have That's like a, a horse you have like a horse dog like yeah that thing's big where i think if you know that in advance you can either mentally prepare or um maybe think of something that you'd like to say if you're not comfortable or um yeah ask if you know like any questions about the animal um before you get there so you can all be in a comfortable state and respectful of the pet and the house yeah i think also um like if you can see someone's in your house and they're you know not loving that they're being jumped over by a dog Mm -hmm. offer oh sorry did you want me to put them upstairs or in my room or put them outside or yeah and like the person might say oh no 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 it's fine but at least extend the offer to them to be like, oh, yes. I can help you with this situation. Exactly. I think making sure that you've um, offered some sort of support towards the person yeah. rather than just to the animal, which I know obviously animals are a part of families and I, I'm not trying to come across as they shouldn't Anti-animal. also have something. But I think if you're having guests, they need to be comfortable in your environment as well. Yeah, I think so too. Another thing I thought of um, when we were looking at, like, you and your pets and other people mm-hmm. is coming from a disgruntled runner perspective. Yes. Um, so, obviously, we've talked about it. So you have a dog, you have to exercise it. That is – Yes. That's the rule. We've said yeah. that. Mm-hmm. However, one thing that drives me absolutely insane is when people have those, like, really long extendo leads oh, yeah. and the dogs are just, like, running around – 
and they have so much lead to roam around with. It's like two kilometers in front of you. Like, where is the actual owner on the store? Yeah. <laughs> and like they're jumping out like all the way to the side. Like they're taking up the whole footpath and stuff like that. And that, that just drives me insane. Like, obviously, I get that those leads exist so people can have, also dogs can have, like, more of a roam. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if you're on, like, a running track or, like, a small street that doesn't have a lot of footpath, mm-hmm. like, just, just be a little bit considerate of the people around you. Because yeah. the amount of times I've nearly been hooked by a dog drives me nuts. Because, like, I get, like, they need to be out there, they need to be walking, I understand mm-hmm. that, but also... Shorter leads exist. <laughs> yes. And I think, like you were saying before, there's a time and place for certain things. I think yeah, if you're walking your dog and you know people use that path to run or to, you know, walk or uh, with another, like with a pram or whatever the yeah. circumstances are, your extended lead will be challenging to yeah. say it nicely. So um, it may be more considerate to think about the length of the lead at certain times or at certain um, areas of your walk. Yeah. Or if you see someone coming towards you running, shorten the lead. Yeah. Get that back in there. But, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing that I was just like, Grr. I think also it's – I found it where I live, there's like we have lots of really nice paths. Um, yeah. If I'm running behind – and they've got their headphones in and their dog's, like, roaming around. Like, there's nothing they can do. They don't hear me. Yeah. Like, I'm sort of, like, I'm accepting of that. But if you can see me coming towards you, like, if there's a long path and you can see me for a long distance and you're not making any changes to your um, walking path or whatever, yeah. I'm kind of like, like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm one person. Like, I can't control yeah. your pet. Like, it just, I, it's a you very fine line. in front of me or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and my, my last point I want to talk about with people with pets is how can you either ask or how can you let people know that your pet would like to be patted? Um, I think like if you're like in a park or something with your pet and you're just walking around and he's stopping and he's smelling things. Mm Mm-hmm. You could say, oh, no, he, like, he's friendly. Like, if you want to give him a pat, like, you can. He'd really like that. Yep. Or, like, oh, she's super lovely with small kids. Like, you know, if you want, you know, your kid to come and give her a pat, like, come mm-hmm. and just give her, like, behind the ear. Or, like, I think, like, tell them a spot yep. that the dog really likes as well. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she likes it on her tummy or behind her ears or, like, on her back. Like, I think give, especially if it's, like, talking to a small person, mm-hmm. give them some direction and help them, I yeah. think. I like how you said if. Rather than, um, like, would you like to? Because it's kind of like that. It's more that question's more linked to like, you should pat my dog rather than yeah. Would you like if, to? If you'd like to, sort of thing. Mm. Um, so I think the language has to be very, again, particular. And yeah. um, I also think you can't be offended if the person says, says no. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being offended. Do you want to pat my dog? No. Oh, okay. Cool. Hey. Cool. Um, and I think also with um, – I want to go into people with, without pets who are roaming around, so just the average person. Yeah. Um, because my – so my sister has two children and the eldest one, his name is Theo, and he's petrified of dogs. And there's not a particular incident that happened. It's happened over time. And – 
so when he's around dogs he actually says things like naughty dog and like because he is scared and yeah. some of the remarks people have said back to him about being like oh, oh. like saying like you know oh it's so rude that that boy was like saying like he's four four years old um yeah like he's so, a small boy <laughs> like you know oh i can't believe he said that like you know you shouldn't say that about dogs or something he's like it's not because he has an opinion it's because he's has a phobia it's a t- yeah, he's and scared he limited vocabulary yeah, and he, talk about his phobia and he uses his words to describe how he feels and so he assumes the dog is naughty because he doesn't feel good around it like it's just yeah. anyway so it's very i find it very interesting how people sometimes get caught up in little things when really it's not the person doesn't like your dog it's because they are scared of your dog yeah. that they may say things and i think obviously the older you are you probably shouldn't tell people <laughs> name call their dog in front of them i yeah yes i understand Surely you would learn <laughs> the time and place yeah. of these things but i think you can't get angry with a child that doesn't understand you know yeah. that it may hurt the par- the adults feeling or the parent of the dog yeah. feeling um feelings but more like the fact that they're saying that because they're not comfortable and i think that's one of the words we probably used most or i've used most is talking about how comfortable you are or uncomfortable you are yeah. with other people's pets um and the thing I wrote here says it doesn't matter how well trained your pet is, people will always be scared of it. So even if you have the world's greatest trained animal, mm. if it is, I would say, of a certain size or maybe even type of dog, um, breed of dog, some people are always going to be scared because they've been portrayed a certain way in movies or um, they may have had one negative experience with the type of dog that is similar to that. And yeah. so... Um, I just think you can't you can't be angry. I think you need to be accepting of that detail, unfortunately. And yeah, because um, yeah, I've always loved German shepherds. I just think they are beautiful. But I can understand why people are scared of them because they are big, can be very aggressive dogs. And I feel like as well, like especially German Shepherd, like if you've got like an angry police dog on a TV show, yeah, like eleven times out of ten, I feel like they're going to cast a German Shepherd for yes. that role. So like I understand like why like big dogs, and I feel like as well like a few years ago, like Staffies were mm. the dog to be feared mm. because there was like a few incidents where like these types of dogs that obviously like weren't trained well or like didn't have the best owners or something like that. Circumstances happened. Yeah. Whereas, like, one of my friends, she has a Staffy, and he is the kindest dog ever. Like, he just walks around. They always look like they're smiling. Like, <laughs> so, cute. so I just think as well, like, it's all about, like, the perception that some breeds might have. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Pomeranians and Chihuahuas are just angry dogs all the time. But, <laughs> but also, they're so little, so no one cares. It's so weird. pick them up and they can't do anything. <laughs> yeah, so I just think that if you have a dog, especially if it's a bigger dog, medium to large dog um you surely are aware that when you bought that dog or became the owner of that dog however that happened um that people are going to be i guess maybe intimidated might be a better word word, um by your pet and 
Um, I would say even like if you have horses, I think people will get intimidated by horses because obviously they're, they're a big animal. Oh, I think. definitely. Growing up with horses, mm. like people don't always love them. Whereas yeah. like I'll walk around in the paddock being like, ah, this is great. <laughs> but some people are just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, There's a giant animal in there. <laughs> yeah, like it could it could get you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so I think just being aware that just because you've had a certain experience doesn't, doesn't mean that has. everybody has, and also yeah. their experience might be I don't want to say like fake news, but it might be formulated because of what they've seen on television, which may yeah. not be a true representation of your particular pet. So um, I just think if you have a pet and you are in a situation where you can see people uh, skirting you (laughs) on a sort of wide berth, I think obviously it's not you personally. It may may be something that the dog has triggered in them emotionally and um, you know your pet and you know what kind of pet they are and you can can love them for that reason and just be understanding that some people may – not have the same feelings, I guess. And that's okay because you probably don't agree with everything that they think. So, which is part of being a human. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Alrighty, so this brings us to the end of our little pet series. So we started off by having a look at how to prepare for a pet, and then last week we were talking about like the different expectations and realities that you might have about a pet, and then uh, tonight we've just wrapped it up with people and your pets. So mm. all very pet oriented, and I think like one thing that we really um have kind of like highlighted during these last three episodes is that having a pet is not a right and it's not something that you can't just do on a whim and then not really do anything with after that like they are something that need constant love and attention no matter the type of pet we obviously have been quite biased and talked about dogs a lot but like all the way from like a budgie to a guinea pig up to a horse or a really big dog or something like that like they all need Certain levels of care, certain levels of attention, um, exercise, feeding, watering, vets, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we really want to highlight that like, they are definitely like a privilege. It's not your right to have a pet and you really need to make sure that you are putting in all the effort because like, you are their everything when it comes mm-hmm. to care and all that because they're not like wild animals. They can't take care of themselves. They yep. do need you. So yeah. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that concludes our session today. And um, as always, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Dunkin' Biscuits Podcast. And um, it's been really interesting actually lately. We um, we've had a lot of consistent lis- consistent listeners, and also um, we've hit over was it five thousand? Yeah, yeah, over five thousand. Um, listen, so a very proud moment for us. That's um, exciting. Yeah, and so just want to say thank you again for listening and supporting us. So if you have any um, the ways that you listen to us, either subscribe or give a review, we would love that. And thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya. Yeah, bye.